How great is that? Celebrate that. Man, what a joy it is to give out God's money like that to, to just really good organizations that are doing really good things in the name of Jesus. To partner up with them is, is just such a blessing for us as a church. And I pray that you feel that blessing from God uh, to just, again, this is about being part of a bigger, better thing. And then I hope you see that. And, and again, that you continue to be a part of the Dollar Club is, is just an awesome thing. Uh, so with that said, I want to say uh, hello to everybody who made it here. Good morning to all of you in the house and everybody who is watching online. Thank you uh, for joining us and, and making us a part of your day uh, as well. I hope you're being met by God so far. That's my prayer every single Sunday. And I hope that you are glad that you got, anybody glad you're here today? Anybody glad you came to worship God? Come on, let's celebrate a little bit. Yay! Man, we are up in Adam today. I love that. Well, let's get to it then. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's open them up or electronics to Hebrews chapter four. We're gonna be in Hebrews 4 today. Uh, but before we get to that, I just wanna bring a few things up to you to put on your radars, and then we'll get to it, I promise, okay? A couple things here. Uh, and so next Sunday, I just wanna put this uh, on everybody's radar. Uh, next Sunday at 6.30, we are going to have a night of worship. Uh, I wanna invite anybody and everybody to that. Invite your friends, neighbors, whoever, people who go to other churches, man, just bring them in. Uh, and so we only do that a few times a year, and so that's gonna be our spring night of worship. Uh, and this is gonna be a really special one because as we're talking about hurry, uh, there's gonna be a couple things we're gonna be doing. Uh, it's di different in our night of worship when it comes to the hurry in our lives. And so uh, just mark that on your calendars for next Sunday to make, to make it here at 6.30. Uh, and then yes, Easter is coming, everybody, if you can believe that. Uh, but I just wanna make sure that, that we're just gonna have some different things going on. One, our service times are different. We're gonna have three equal services, 10 or eight, 10 and 12. Uh, and so here's what I wanna tell all of you out there, River Ridgers. Uh, we we are going to have registration uh, available for you. And we're doing that for a few reasons. We're gonna start today, we're gonna start in a few weeks. I'm just giving this a heads up. So to put this on your calendar, start thinking about what time you're going to come. Uh, and we'll have a registration page out there. And, and you don't have to register to come, but the more that register will help us to be able to communicate to you which serve. We're, we're expecting over 2000 people, just so you know. Like it's gonna be crazy. And praise God for that. But anyways, yeah, that's pretty awesome. But if you can register, Register, it will help us throughout that month to tell you, hey, eight o'clock's looking light. You know, 10 is full. 10's gonna be full. Uh, and 12, open seats. Okay, so anyways, so hopefully that'll, and if you're a River Ridger, help us out a little bit there. Uh, we need some folks to commit to eight and 12. 10 o'clock's gonna be the wheelhouse one. So uh, we just want as many open seats as possible for our visitors. So again, just put that on your radar and uh, hopefully you'll come next week to our night of worship and start thinking about when you're gonna come to Easter. All right, let's get to it. So we are in a series where we are looking at and talking about hurry. We're talking about hurry. And, and we established last week why we're talking about hurry in church because hurry isn't just a thing that people experience. It's a spiritual issue. It's a very, very spiritual issue that, that actually a lot of God things cannot happen if you're living life in a hurried way. And so what we are doing uh, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is, is we're looking at not the problem of hurry, uh, but God's prescription for the hurried life. That's what we're more interested in. We're looking at what God has to say and he has a lot to say. He's got uh, practices and disciplines and rhythms uh, that he has established from his word to us that we could put, and when we put those in place, we just say yes to what God has to say, then it will actually eliminate the hurry in our lives. And what it'll do, everybody, for Jesus' followers, it will usher in God's will. It will usher in the joy-filled, peaceful life that we are all knowing God wants for us and has for our lives. So, so last week, we started by looking at the daily discipline of silence and solitude, that, that we need a few minutes every day 
of having silent solitude like moment with God and letting him speak to us in that way. And today uh, we're gonna look at the second practice, okay? But to get there, uh, I'm gonna do a little survey, all right? So I need, this is group participation time. All you need to do is just this. Uh, Everybody, let's all practice. Just do this, one, two, three, go. All right, you can do it. Some of you didn't even do that. Okay, here we go. All right, so show of hands, show of hands, all right. How many of you in here would say that you are not good at a whole bunch of things, but you're really good at taking naps? Any good nap takers here? Well, there's a lot of you, okay, pretty good. Not good at much, but uh, good at naps. Anybody in here would say, I wish I was. I am not very good. I I try, try, try. Yeah, yeah, anybody's like, I try, and I I get so jealous of those nap takers. Yeah, there's a lot of us there. Um, Anybody who would say that it doesn't matter where you are, like couch, chair, kitchen counter, it doesn't matter. I could just fall asleep anywhere. we, We don't like you. Okay, anyways, how many of you How many of you would say that you sit down and a football game is on and then you wake up and it's a different football game entirely? Anybody? That's not naps, that's problems, my friend. You have a problem. You need to get looked at. You need to get checked out, okay? Who are the droolers? Just kidding. We don't want to know that. That's too far, too too deep. I'll tell you this, uh, for me, up until a few years ago, I was actually terrible at taking naps. I was very frustrated at it. I tried and tried, especially on Sunday afternoons. I tried my best. I could not fall asleep. Uh, And then something changed, and now I am really good at it. I'm actually an all-star at taking naps. I can crush them. And, you know, my guess, my guess is probably because I'm a little older, that's probably one thing. Uh, I would also probably say because I'm not pounding a six-pack of Diet Pepsis a day. That might have something to do with it. I don't know. I'm not making the correlation. Okay, so, uh, but yeah, I like that. So, so here's, here's where we're going with this. Here's where we're going today. Uh, today, we are going to look at what God has to say about rest. We're gonna look at rest today. And here's the deal about rest. I, I would guess that most everybody here would say that you want to feel rested. I think that's the thing that we're all hoping and wishing that we felt. In fact, I I doubt anyone would come up to me and say, Andy, I've got a problem. I'm getting too much rest. I have a rest problem. Nobody would say, I have a rest problem. I'm getting too much of it. What do I do to figure that out? No, no, we we don't have a rest problem. Uh, We have a hurry problem. And, And hurry causes everybody, listen, unrest in our lives. And so today we're gonna look at what God has to say about rest. And here's something to know. I don't know if you know this or not. God actually talks a lot about rest. He does. And in fact, he talks about how important rest is in the life of a follower of Jesus. So we're gonna get into it and talk about it a little bit. So let's get to it. Hopefully you found your way there to Hebrews 4. We're gonna read a little bit today, find some things out. So we're gonna pick this up in verse one in Hebrews 4. And here's what the writer says. He says, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. All right, so, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna look at this. We're gonna look at a couple verses here this morning in Hebrews 4, and we're just gonna break this down, stop and talk about this, because in here we're gonna find, if you have your notes, go ahead and get those out. We're gonna look at five details of God's rest, okay? And so if you're taking notes, we already found a few of them. Here's the first one that you wanna write down. It's one, is that God's rest is actually a promise, right? That, that it says that his promise still stands. So, so there is a rest that God has for you and that he wants for you and that he has promised. He's promised that you can actually enter it. And why this first one 
is good to know, right? If you're a Christian and a follower of Jesus, this is why this is good to know, because here's what you know. When God makes a promise, he'll deliver. Come on, somebody. He will deliver every time. Every promise he's ever made, he will come through every time. God never promises something that he cannot follow through on. So the first good thing to know about his rest is that it's promised. Uh, But here's the second thing that we need to understand. It's promised, but it's also conditional. That it is conditional. So when it comes to God's promises in the Bible, there are two promises that are, that are actually in the Bible. Uh, and there are a lot of them, actually a ton of God's promises that are unconditional promises, which means this. Here's what it means. It means that God will keep his promise even when we can't keep our end of the bargain up. Like he'll still come through with a promise. So here's the thing for me, to know that I cannot mess up some of his promises. I don't know about you, that gives me some comfort, okay? Because like I can mess a whole bunch of stuff up. Depending on the day you see me, I'll mess a whole lot of stuff up, okay? And to know that there are promises that God goes, it's not depending on you, Andy. I'm gonna come through with that. That's comforting. Anybody say amen to that? Man, I'm comforted by that. So to know that like the salvation that I have in Jesus, that's promised to me when I have it. To know that his presence is always there. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. You know, to know that, that his great love for me will never, ever go away. Those are unconditional promises that I'm comforted in and comforted to know. But there are also some promises that are conditional, which means this, is that they will only come as a result of your obedience to following God's way and God's direction, okay? So, there's conditional promise. So we're gonna get more into this one in a second, okay, as we go down and talk a little bit more about Hebrews 4. But we just need to see that, because what you need to see is he said that there are some Christians who have failed to enter his rest. And so it's promised, but it's conditional, okay? Uh, but the one that it, thing in here that we just read that actually causes more curiosity to me than that is the fact that it says that we should be afraid that, that we failed to enter. Did anybody see that? That we should fear if we did not find it. That made me a little curious, okay? So, so here's a third detail out of this is that God's rest is serious. It's serious, right? If he's saying that you should be afraid if you fail to enter into this rest, is it, that it's something that we should fear if you don't have it. Listen, that kind of, um, that heightens the senses a little bit into thinking that this is a little bit different than the rest that we're thinking of. It's a little bit more than maybe a nap kind of thing that we're thinking of, but that, listen, we could be missing out if we're not entering this into much bigger things that God wants to bring, okay? So, so that's one. So again, it's a promise. It's conditional and God's rest. He is very serious about it. So we're gonna keep reading here, uh, verse two. So let's pick this up, verse two. He says, all right, so, for good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have believed enter that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. Okay, some of you can put your heads back on your shoulders. That was some deep, that was like, that was a lot of stuff right there, okay? So here's what I wanna say before we move on, okay? Uh, what the writer is saying that we need, if you're in your Bibles, what I would highlight, what I would circle, uh, something to remember here, two things. So make a note where he says, talks about us and them. So you can circle us and them because here's what I want you to see. Whoever them are, we know where they are not, which is in God's rest, right? They are not in God's rest. So we're gonna hold on to that and then we'll kind of talk about it here in a few more minutes, but we're gonna keep going, okay? So we're gonna find out a little bit more about God's rest in us and them. So verse four, 
For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works, okay? And so, so here's the, the next detail. It's that God's rest was designed from the beginning. That God's rest was designed from the beginning. Right, so, so here, what's important in this part is to see the when and not the what, right? The when and not the what, because God is in here is really communicating something here about his rest. So God is saying, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go all the way back to creation where I made the earth and the water and the land and the animals and plants and humans and all that. And in the middle of all of that stuff, all that I made and all that I worked on and labor to do, there was an important thing that I did. And we're gonna go to Genesis 2-2 to see what that important thing is that he did. And here's what it says. It says, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested. He rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. And so God rested. He rested. And here's the deal. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but the idea of God resting is weird. Like that doesn't sound right. That, that, that doesn't make sense. He's God. He's not a human. Listen, he doesn't get ti- tired. Like God is not wore out. He's, got, he's not pounding Red Bulls to get her all done. You know what I'm saying? Like he's God. And so he doesn't get tired. He's not like us. And so everybody listen to me. Within this, he is telling, something, t- telling us something very important, very important, that listen, even from the beginning of creation, literally from day seven, even before sin ever entered the world, God is saying, listen, that I did something that I have for you, that there is a rest that I have for you in my design. There is a rest that I have in my design and my plans and my purposes for you. That's pretty amazing to think about actually. All right, so, so that's what we got so far. All right, next verse, verse five. <clears throat> and again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. Okay, so there we go. So, so here's the thing. It goes back to talking about them, right? So now let's get to them. Who are them? That's very important because they failed to enter. So here's what the writer is pointing to. The writer is pointing us to God's people from the very beginning. So he's pointing to Israel. That's who he's pointing to. He's pointing back to a time, this is what he's writing about, to a time where God was leading the people of Israel out of slavery through Moses, okay? And during that time, here's what was going on, just kind of a history lesson right now. So they were being led out of slavery and here's what they knew, hands down, without a doubt, that God was doing this. They knew that God was orchestrating this. They knew that he was doing it because here's how they knew it. Because God was doing these amazing things like splitting a body water in two so they could walk across to, to, the, to the land on the other side. That he was leading them in a pillar of fire and that he was feeding them food from heaven. All kinds of stuff like that. All right, so that's what was going on, okay? Now, are you tracking so far? Because then what happened one day is this, God told his people, all right, let's move forward. And here's what happened. They didn't, they stopped. Like they stopped dead in their tracks. You can actually read about it if you wanna write this down. It's Numbers 14, right? Write that down, you can read that chapter. They just stopped. And, and here's what happened in that moment, that all the good news that he had for them, 
all the things that he said, I've got a promise for you. And it's this land that I'm gonna get you this land flowing with milk and honey. All of these provisions that he was gonna give, all this healing and wholeness and things that they knew, belonging and freedom, all this stuff that was waiting for them. All of this was promised. And all they had to do was trust God and not rebel from him saying, all right, let's keep moving. But what happened is they didn't trust God. They, they didn't trust his part. They didn't believe that he was going to come through. And this, is, this, is the main, this was after amazing provisions that he gave, miraculous things that he did for them. So listen, everybody, they failed, God's people, by the way, not unbelievers, they failed to enter his rest. They failed to enter in to what he did as a result of their decision. And so here's where it comes in for us. This is why this is really huge to see. See, the writer of Hebrews is saying to us, don't be like them. You see what I'm saying? Don't be like them. Don't fail to enter God's rest like they did because you can. Because he's, here's what he's telling us. I, I hope you go back and read this for you. It's rich and deep in here when he goes all the way back to the history of everything. It's amazing what the writer is doing. But here's what he's saying to us right now up to this point. So he's saying that we have a God today. We have a God who is trying to communicate something from the very beginning. And it is a message, listen everybody, of good news of great joy. This is good stuff from God that has never changed. It's never changed. It's the same today as it was from the beginning. And it is a, listen, this is what it is. It is a pursuit from God to us. It is a pursuit from God to us. And it's what so many people miss about God. See, here's what God pursues us with. He pursues us with rest, not wrath. From the very beginning, he's like, my pursuit is rest, not wrath. But see, Here's what happens, and this is what the writer is pointing us to. See, when we don't take him up on his offer, when we see the invitation that he has for us and we, we, we go on our own decision and our own provision, instead we choose our way. Listen to me, everybody, or our interpretation of what we think it says, or our own provision for our lives. See, then we're the ones, we're the ones who choose to not be in God's rest every time we do that. Here's what he's saying, that we choose to actually wrath. And it's, our, it's a result of our choice not his pursuit and so what's true this is what he's saying this is what he's tying us into what's true of them before is true of us today and here it is there are some of you who are not in his rest there are some of you who are failing to enter God's rest and so okay so here's what we do what do we do with this right what is the writer saying to us well I'm very glad you asked okay because actually he's going to tell us why he's saying this to us okay so the next verse that we're going to read is going to clear it all up and it's going to actually give us and how it all ties in verse 9 verse 9 so again for us here's what he's saying so then there remains a sabbath rest for the people of God for whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his that ties it all in let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience all right so right there everybody is the answer that's how all this comes in and it's the next detail that we need to know about God's rest and here it is that for us God's rest means practicing sabbath there it is it means practicing sabbath so for followers of Jesus practicing sabbath is a discipline that puts in the right rhythm in our lives to get rid of hurry and it brings more balance into your life and so it is important for christians to practice sabbath a sabbath day of rest and and if you want to know if you if you want to know how important sabbath is to god here's how important it is to god it is 
10 commandments important. That's pretty important, okay? In fact, it's the fourth commandment that, that you need to uh, honor God by taking a Sabbath day of rest. It's in the original 10 commandments. And so here's the thing about the 10 commandments, okay? Uh, even though, even though, here's what we need to know as believers in Christ in the New Testament, new covenant of Jesus. So even though Jesus came to fulfill the law, that's what he said. He came to fulfill the law for us that, that listen, we are not saved by perfect adherence to the commandments, right? I hope you knew that. But we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ because we cannot fulfill that law, that we are imperfect. We will never be able to have perfect adherence to the law. But here's the thing. This is what we gotta catch. Following the 10 commandments is still pretty important, all right, because here's what I'll tell you. Tell me when you look at that list, which one of those, if you don't follow, doesn't have a consequence? Like if you murder, is there a consequence? The answer is yes, everybody, okay? I, I wasn't a trick question, I wasn't a trick question. My goodness, okay? <laughs> here's another one. If you commit adultery, is there a consequence? Hey, there we go. And so, so here's, here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. All right, here's my point. The fact that God put Sabbath in his 10 commandments, he's communicating something to us about it. So there's a reason why following it. It's a pretty good idea. Pretty good idea, okay? That there, here's what I wanna tell you, that there are benefits from doing it. And th this is the bigger thing, that just like the other commandments, there is actually consequences of not practicing it. There are consequences of not, so it's, it's, this isn't about salvation, we're already saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But man, it's a pretty important rhythm to put in our lives. I really do believe that there are still reasons why Sabbath is still important today, including, listen to me, getting rid of hurry in your life. That's what we're talking about over these next, uh, couple weeks. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do with the rest of our time. We're gonna talk about Sabbath, all right? And, and what I wanna do is I want to just put a few things in front of us because Sabbath is not hard to understand. It's not that hard. We're gonna define it here in a minute. But what I wanna do is I wanna give you a few things this morning to think about as you consider what Sabbath looks like in your life, okay? So that we can, listen to me, enhance what Sabbath is and what he wants it to be in your life, okay? So if you don't know, here's what Sabbath is. It's not in your notes, but you can write this down. It's very easy. Sabbath is this. It is taking a day off to rest and reconnect with God, that it is taking a day off to rest and reconnect with God. So in here are two things, right? One is taking a day off, that's the first thing. And the second one is rest and reconnect with God. So first thing that I wanna look at is it's a day off, okay? And here's what this means. It just means that, that you are taking a physical day that you are not working, like job working, vocation working, okay? So it primarily means that whatever work you are in and doing, you need to take at least a day a week uh, where you're not doing that. That's what it means. And so here's, here's my guess with this first one. My guess is that, that, that you're here and we have labor laws in the United States and that for most of us, we have this built in already, that we have this, that a lot of you already have this rhythm in your life as far as work, that you're, you're Monday through Friday with weekends off, your shift work, seven on, seven off, something like that, three on, three off, whatever that is, that there are some days where you have worked in where they are off. And so, uh, listen, so what I'm saying is Sabbath is here for us so that we can get into God's rhythm of this, work, 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 rest. Work, 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 rest, okay? So, and I want you to notice 
that work is like 90% of this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of it, is working. Is so, so believe it or not, I just wanna mention this really quick. Uh, work was not a punishment sent down as a result of sin. All right, like some of you think that, but it's not true. Some of you still believe that, but it's not true. Work was actually meant to be a good thing. That, that work was established before sin ever entered into the world. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. It was, and it still is intended to be something that produces good things in our life that we need work, we need to be working and laboring in order to have a flourishing life that God wants us to have, okay? So I just wanna point that out, all right? Because you know, some of you, I wanna talk to young people, you know, you're young and you're, you're still trying to figure things out or maybe you're, like some of you are out there like kind of delaying getting that job, delaying getting that work because you're like, you know, Andy, you know, I'm still trying to figure myself out, man. Like, you know what I mean? Or like, oh, I'm just trying to find my place in the world. Okay, well, you could find it at work. You know what I'm saying? Like, get work. <laughs> You can find, I'm telling you, you get a J-O-B and, and God, I'm telling you, it will benefit you. Some of you just need to get some work, okay? And, and God will start working that out. And I'm, I'm funny, I'm being funny, but I'm also being serious, man. You, you, need to get, you need to get working because it's part of God's design for your life. And I'm telling you, it will help you. Amen, somebody out there? Okay, so we gotta find that. So that's the first part. And again, I think it's built in for so many of us. And the second part of this is that we rest and reconnect with God, right? That we rest and reconnect with God. And I really wanna emphasize this word word rest rest God really does want you to rest and I mean that's the point that's the point that that you find this rest I'm telling you so many of you need this rest just a few places uh, to maybe get you going on this here's the first place I want to look at here's Psalm 23 says the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need and listen to me he lets me rest in green meadows he he leads me beside peaceful streams he renews my strength, that's what it should look like in your life. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, hey, come to me, all that you labor and are heavy laden, and here's what I'll give you. I will give you rest. It's all over the place in the Bible. I'm telling you, when you start to look for it, it's everywhere in the Bible, this invitation to rest. And here's what God is saying. He is saying, if you just come and experience my rest, here's what you'll find. Rest. You'll find rest. You need it. You need it. You weren't made to live without it. And here's what I will tell you. I think so many of us are living in this hurried way, even on your day off. You're living in this hurried way and we're not entering God's rest as a result. I think that's what the writer is saying. I think this is what God is speaking to somebody here today about. And I'm telling you, there's a better way to go with what we're doing in our Sabbath. So let me, here's what I wanna do. I wanna do two things. I wanna give you two things to think about with, with just two things to help you get there because I found, here's what I found with Sabbath. We, it's simple to understand what it is, but I think there are different kinds of people and I think people rest and recharge in different kinds of ways. So instead of like saying, this is exactly what it looks like, I'm just gonna give you a, a few things as we wanna rest and reconnect with God to consider. So two things that I think might help you as you look at your day off, one of your days off during the week or trying to find it some pockets of time. Here's the first one if you wanna write this down. I need to understand what recharges me. I need to understand what recharges me, right? So what, what this means is like, are you an introvert or an extrovert? That's really important to understand. Introverts and extroverts recharge and rest differently. Trust me, they do, okay? So you need to know uh, what recharges you. So listen, if you are an introvert like me, I, I am an introvert, then you, here's what you need to watch. You need to watch all of your personal time getting filled up too much with people things in your Sabbath time. You will not recharge that way. 
right? You won't do, so you gotta be careful with that, okay? Uh, and if you're an extrovert, if you're an extrovert, okay, uh, may, maybe that's the best thing to do is get around people and that's okay. Like, because listen, you're not, gonna find, uh, you're not gonna find it the way that introverts find it. So that's okay. If it's being around people, then you gotta do that, okay? So it, it doesn't mean just one thing. It doesn't mean you have to be off by yourself, like running through the lilies and, and just, you know, being, being all jumpy. That's me, like, I love that. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you have a lily field, let me know. I'll visit it, okay? So, but that's important to know what recharge you. Here's the, and here's the second one. I'm gonna talk about this one. Don't get fired up yet. Be careful with family time. Be careful with family time. And this one here is huge for introverts. Trust me. Like Courtney and I worked through this uh, when we, when we, especially when we had younger kids. Uh, but it, it, this one's critical for all of us. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. Family time is absolutely great, necessary, good for your Sabbath day of rest. You know, it's a lot of times that's the only time you take vacation. It includes Sabbath for weekends and stuff. But here's what I will say. Wisdom will tell you, wisdom tells us that all of your Sabbath all the time cannot be taken up with travel, sports, drop off, get there, that party, this social event here and all that stuff. You will not find it that way. You, you gotta be careful with stuff like that. And, and here's what I wanna say, soapbox moment here. I'm gonna say this, but I am saying this as a parent. I'm saying this as a parent of a 10-year-old, an eight-year-old, and I'm saying this as a parent who wants the best for my kids, by the way. And, and I know parents that you want that for you as well. But here's what I wanna say, parents, Listen, it is up to us to show our kids that life does not revolve around them, but our heavenly father. And, and, that, and so then I will line my life up in a way that honors and glorifies God first, not my kids. Anybody hear me out there? Not anything else. And so we just gotta be cognizant of that. Because I think so often what we do is we just elevate, 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 kids, kids, kids. And, and here's the thing. Your kids will only see what you're modeling to them. Your kids are seeing what rest looks like in your life. You're seeing the important, the, they are seeing what is important. And I'm telling you, we don't wanna communicate that, that life is end all, be all, everything revolves around you. I'm just saying, if we want the best for our kids, I wanna challenge you a little bit. I wanna encourage you, spur you on a little bit uh, to just think about this with what we're doing then. Because listen, man, like what we're modeling to them, believe it or not, is gospel to them. It's a gospel truth to them. And I just wanna model the God stuff, okay? So, and it's not easy, by the way. It is not easy. It's a challenge. It's hard. But we gotta get there. We gotta push ourselves. And, and listen, yes and amen to getting into that stuff and extracurricular things, travel sports, all that stuff's great. I, here's the big word I want you to find. Balance. Find balance. We're gonna talk all about that next week, okay? We're gonna look at that, but we just need to find balance if you wanna enter God's rest, if you want to enter God's rest, you got to find that. And it's important, uh, to, to, it's important to impart that kind of thing to your kids. It really is. I think it's important to do that. Balance is important in a life that goes after God. It's, it's just so important. We have to be careful there with family time. And by the way, just really quick, if you are a stay-at-home parent, that's a job. Okay, so listen to me. Spouses of stay-at-home parents, you got to give them a break. Like they need, a, they need a Sabbath day as well. They need some time off from the kids. And you, so however you gotta figure that out, like, man, just take them to the mall, okay? Like it's easy to do something. And, and like, if you're hearing your spouse say, I'm fine, they're not fine, okay? Like get the kids, just, they need rest as well. That's a full-time job. And so they, you gotta figure that out as well. Find that balance uh, for, for, for that. If you're a stay-at-home parent, okay? Uh, you need some reprieve. And I know that you're saying you're fine but you need that break, okay? Uh, and then just one more suggestion. This isn't one, I should have made this. Uh, man, try to stop your phone. Oh, oh, hey, did you know it has an off button? 
So, I mean, just for like a half a day, like give your swipe finger a little siesta. Like it needs a break. It's like, oh, hey. like, you know what I'm saying? Just, just for a minute and listen to me. Like our, we got phone problems. We got phone problems. God even knew it. Here's what the Bible says about it. And tell me if you don't think he didn't know something. He says, do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands are evil devices. Okay, like God knew <laughs> what was coming. <laughs> take a break, take a break. It's evil, okay? So anyway, just try your best, try your best. The world will still revolve. Things will get done. Like social media will still exist, okay? Like just take a break, all right? Uh, so uh, take a break. And, and again, the whole goal of this is, is to enjoy your life. Enjoy, God wants you to enjoy your life. A lot of times I get questions like, hey, Andy, is it okay uh, if I go golfing on my Sabbath day? I think yes, like yes, but listen to me. If you're out there throwing your clubs and pounding sand, I don't think it's as good for you as you think it is, okay? Like, I don't think you're recharging going, ah, like I don't think of something else. I think it's the devil sport, but anyways, yes. You know, as long as it's not sacrificing the balance in family time, as long as you're fiscally responsible, yeah, God wants you to enjoy your life. Go enjoy your life, okay? So you enjoy your life, and here's the one. Enjoy God, enjoy God. Find ways to plug. Here's what I wanna tell you on your Sabbath day. You gotta find whatever day that is. Doesn't have to be the same day all the time. Find those pockets of time. And in order to enjoy God, I think, like find different ways to plug into God more on that day. Does that make sense? Like, this is a big one. Like coming to church is, is awesome on Sabbath, but it can't be the only thing. But we get an extended time, an hour together where we get to like worship God, celebrate Jesus together, get into his word. That's an awesome thing to do on Sabbath. But here's what I wanna challenge you to do a little bit more. Maybe you read the Bible a little more on this day or pray a little more. Like maybe you can uh, worship more, find different sermons to listen to. Like just find, again, the same thing goes with introvert, extrovert. There are different paths that God has uh, where you recharge in him more. Find some more of that to do on your Sabbath day. And so I just hope and pray that we look at this with a new lens, new eyes, that we see that, that God has some amazing things with Sabbath. Uh, and I pray that we put it into practice. So let me pray for us this morning as we get into this. God, thanks for giving us this time together. God, I, I do thank you that we can have this time to rest a little bit, just to think a little bit, rest in you and think about what resting in you really does, does look like and what it means. And, and so as I pray here, I just wanna, I feel like I wanna pray as we're still just thinking through. I wanna give you a minute to just think about this today. I want you to think about, if you were honest, if you were honest right now as we're praying and you're thinking, when you think about this kind of rest, Maybe you could admit that there are some areas right now where you're lacking in it and you need to find God's rest and, and he's giving you that invitation today and, and you're here right now and you are carrying a burden of unrest and, and, and in your family there's, there's this burden of unrest or you know that you're too hurried uh, in your life and you see this invitation, you see what God said and you see what Jesus said that, that he just wants to give you rest and maybe you just wanna come and, and you're ready for him to fill you back up. You need to make some different choices and you wanna get into his promises and you know that he'll do it if you, just, if you just follow him and it's on you. So, and listen, we don't do this a lot but I just feel like maybe this might be something for just you and God but if you're there and you feel like, man, I, I am in, not in balance. I need more rest to come into my life. If that's you and you're here and you can say, listen, I'm there, I'm tired. I'm carrying too many of these burdens of unrest. I, I need to, to make some changes to trust you, God. And so if that's you, just, to, just between you and God, but I just think it matters, uh, if, if that's you and you feel like you wanna make a decision, maybe if you could raise your hand and say, I need some more rest, just raise your hand. This is for you and God to say, I need to make some changes. Anybody just wanna raise your hand and say, I need some more rest in my life. Raise it high, show God that you need it. Yeah, 
It's okay. I just, I just want to see how many out, out there need some. Yeah, I see. I just want to pray over you for a second. Thanks for doing that. God, will you please intervene in the lives of these people who just, just made a commitment, made some sort of decision there to say, I am in unrest. I'm in unbalance. I need that promise to come. I want to be more obedient to what you are saying and inviting me to do. I pray that you just show them uh, and, and give them a measure of your grace. Give them a measure of your, of your promise that will come through uh, and that you love them and, and that all they need to do is just follow you and be obedient and, and, and help them understand that being, be, the life of a Christian is messy. It's not easy. It's not perfect, but God, give them a spirit of rest today so they can make a different decision for tomorrow and their lives and their family. We love you and we need you. And thank you for this call to rest. It's such an amazing thing that we can enter into. And I pray that we all do that and enjoy it with you. And we love you and we need you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, everybody, I hope you have a great, great Sunday. Enjoy it. Get some rest, get some rest. And we'll talk about the next thing next Sunday.